Hey everybody and uh, welcome back to another season of 90s Horror Films. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and uh, I've got my awesome guest here today, Vittorio Trepo. How are you doing, Vittorio? Good, how's it going? Good. Um, Vittorio, I think you were on 90s Horror Films already, right? Like last season. I probably was. <laughs> you've done you've done a few of these podcasts, so uh, I wouldn't many, be... Not as, not as many as you, but I have... I have done a couple. You've done a couple. So, yeah. And so I always like asking you because it's, we pretty much watch movies all the time. So we might as well also review them, you know, yeah. uh, when we can. Um, we're going to be talking about the 1993 uh, zombie comedy kind of like um, My Boyfriend's Back. And uh, this uh, originally, I was thinking for Hollywood knockbusters because as a Hollywood movie that I'm pretty sure did not get it. But then I was like, you know what? It's a nineties horror film and there isn't nearly as much of those as there are like eighties horror films to pick from. So it's always nice when I see stuff like this um, out there. Uh, but it came out, I think the year after Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And so it sort of had that kind of, you know um i guess comedy feel to it what what did you well, think well, well you think um you, you mentioned that and um i it wasn't like because back in the 80s horror was very was it very kind of like straight down the middle you know very supposedly scary and whatever i mean whatever genre you had it was very terrifying and then like didn't the 90s start having where it was kind of like oh let's kind of make fun of it and everything Sort of like you had, like, as I said, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you had a uh, vampire in Brooklyn, you know, um, and those were like around the same time, like literally 92, 93, 94. And I think not, uh, Vampire in Brooklyn was the thing that almost killed uh, horror in Hollywood because people were just like, I don't think I can take this seriously anymore. Um, well, didn't it, um, didn't it uh, really kind of set back Wes's career for a while? Yeah, um, like right before Vampire in Brooklyn, he did, uh, what is it, um, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which was sort of, you know, was was very meta, but like, you know, it, it was so, it was more serious than, was, you know. That was, a, that was a really good movie. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, it was meta, but it was still kind of, it didn't, it wasn't kind of like the thing was i remember like back in the day it was the, the the stuff that was kind of humorous was kind of you know i remember like saturday the 14th strikes back and like if you go even back you know it was the transylvania six five thousand where it's kind of like humorous or even the like young frankenstein that stuff kind of works but people still want to see like a horror like, people still want to see a horror movie you know, they, right. they want to they jump at the right places and it's it's tough to do a um, a comedy horror. I mean, if it works, it works really well. But if it doesn't, it just it really it fails. <laughs> like fails completely. Um, and I think this movie didn't do very well in the box office, probably because they weren't sure, you know, what they were watching. You know what I mean? Like they didn't know if this was a comedy or if this was. And it, it, this movie is very comedy. There's like there's no scariness to it. You know. Oh no. Um, Everything that's sort of scary is sort of funny. 
This is uh, my boyfriend's back, right? Yes, my boyfriend's back. The movie we're we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just uh, I'm making notes here. I'm just writing down my. Uh, I, I always write down what movies I watch and do a little mini review mini review here on my. Notes. Oh, are you on Letterboxd? No, no. I um I just do it for my own thing. I just put my notes here on on my on my uh, book. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you should get a letterbox. It's fun. Um, what what I is letterbox? Letterbox uh, is a uh, social media style app, but it's not. You don't have to. You can follow people, or you can choose not to. It doesn't matter. Um, but it's just you do your reviews, and uh, you know, and then you can check other people's reviews, like you other users' reviews, and it's kind of like its own IMDb review thing, you know, where you just can put in whatever you want and, and say, you know, and then so, I guess so judge it, which ones you want to see. So is it kind of like uh, Goodreads? I probably, I don't really, I don't use Goodreads. So, but I, I imagine. So Goodreads, Goodreads, I, I had, I had, I'd gotten on Goodreads a while back and I just haven't posted anything. Just, I don't know. I just, I just don't feel like posting a lot of uh, posting stuff. Oh, I get it. If you don't want to, you don't have to. I'm just like, I, I love, uh, I have two letterbox, one for Indie Film Cafe and one for Horror Film Lovers. And the Indie Film Cafe stuff will have more uh, indie and some mainstream movies that aren't horror and the and some horror, some of the horror ones that we do and whatnot. And then the other one will have the, uh, uh, what is it? The um, more horror, just nothing but horror stuff so um anywho uh so they can check that out you can see it at at indie film cafe or at horror film lovers if you want to go check those out um but to get back to you uh my boyfriend's back um so when so what was your first thought when you saw it um it felt it kind of felt like almost like a um like a Nickelodeon movie in, in a way. WBCW, you know, style. Yeah, it felt kind of like a Nickelodeon movie where you've got the, um, you know, it just it sort of, it was very sort of standard, like teenager Hollywood stuff, but it was kind of had your, you know, your, your, if they follow like the certain role where it's like either the high school or middle school. And, you know, something's happening with your main character usually involves him lusting after a girl or trying to, you know, get on the sports team or something like that or something. And uh, so that's what it felt like. Yeah, so I guess we'll talk a little bit about the storyline and everything and get into that. But like, you know, you're right, like Johnny is in love uh with what's her name missy so missy mcleod uh played by tracy lind and uh johnny is played by andrew lowry andrew lowry was actually in buffy the vampire slayer by the way he was uh one of i I think he was like friends with like david arquette's character and stuff i don't know um but he was in it um and uh or yeah no, he wasn't David Arquette's, you know, because David Arquette was friends with, uh, uh, but he was he was one of the um, like uh, jocks 
you know, guys and everything. Now he's playing like the lead in this, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so he's in love with Tracy or uh, with Missy. And Missy is this, uh, you know, kind of like you're all a typical, uh, you know, popular girl, you know? She's the cheerleader. What? She's the cheerleader. She's the cheerleader. Yeah, she's the one that a lot of guys are fawning after. But, of course, the jock guy gets her. And uh, I loved him. Um, he was, uh, what is it? Uh, what was his name? Uh, he was played by Matthew Fox. His name was Buck. And um, and it was so funny because we got to see a young, young, young Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, right. as uh, as Buck's, like, friend or whatever, one of the jocks. And, uh, you know, they always have to have, like, all the jocks and all these movies have to have, like, little stooges that follow them around. And I mean, it's typical um, of these kind of movies. Uh, but Matthew Fox, pre-lost, you know, um, and he was basically this guy who, you know, he was just your typical quarterback, you know. Well, um, I, got, I got a question about that, though, in regarding to the um... – the guys with the, how the quarter, how the, the bad guys always have to have like the posse and everything is, is, do you think that's partly because they need something to like fill out the, uh, like the roles on TV or to kind of make them more menacing or to maybe just, uh, maybe, maybe like the main, maybe the main guy just by himself doesn't seem as, conniving without the without the people yeah yeah i think i i agree with you i think that maybe it's it's like they seem more threatening if they have three people instead of one guy you know because then you've got like sort of the bully but then you've got the bullies you know and he has to worry about not just one person that he has to deal with but like three other two to three other guys you know or whatever yeah, having and, three people makes it easier to flush someone's head down the toilet. Right. Yeah, you can all grab them, you know, or as you see in a lot of these movies, the guy, the quarterback would like grab them, you know, and the two guys will grab the one, you know, the one guy. And then, you know, the bully gets to, you know, is like the leader or whatever, is like the king, king of the school or whatever, you know, prom king, you know, type thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that was like the plan was like Missy and uh, Buck were going to be uh, the prom queen and you know, king and queen kind of thing. And uh, they got into a fight. They broke up for, for a split second and then they got back together and it ruins, you know, this chance, this, this thing that uh, Johnny's been trying to mull over and trying to figure out how to, how to win her, win her heart, you know? And yeah. uh, so, you know, Buck ends up back with her. And um, so he's got this, he, he creates this plan, this idea that he's going to pretend to uh, save her from a fake uh, uh, robbery and uh, store robbery uh, with a fake gun and everything. And uh, what ends up happening is that the... Um, uh what's his name um the friend which we haven't mentioned yet but he uh of course johnny's gonna have a best friend and his name's eddie played by 
uh, Danny Zorn, who we have learned that unfortunately has passed away. Um, and uh, sadly, it was suicide, too. So that's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, tragic. Uh, I would have I would have loved to to see more stuff with this guy. He was great. He was probably one of my favorite characters in the movie. Would you agree? Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he they stage a, ro- a fake robbery, but unfortunately, a real robber shows up and kind of steals his like you know uh mask and everything and brings a real gun and uh johnny at first thinks this guy is his friend you know uh and he tries to to stop this robbery and uh when he notices it's not his friend uh he tries to backpedal but doesn't doesn't save it and he ends up actually getting shot and killed uh but before he dies he tells you know he asked um you know asked the girl if she would go to prom with him she because she's at the we forgot to mention i guess that she was at the convenience store you know working there and uh she says of course i'll go to prom with you and so that is what brings him back i get well there's two things that bring him back and we'll talk about that in a sec but he gets brought back to life and uh, he meets a, a grave digger guy. I, I guess with that, is that what you would call him? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's He's a cemetery, just a, grave... care, a cemetery caretaker. Cemetery caretaker. Exactly. And uh, Murray, the grave digger is what they, you know, he's na- named in this uh, movie as he's played by Bob Dishy. Did you recognize him? He looked familiar, but I wasn't yeah. sure. I'm trying to think who else. He, who, let me look up on uh, Wikipedia. Oh, uh, he was on. He was in Stay Tuned as Murray Seidenbaum, which I love that movie. Um, he's been in a few things. Um, what was it, what was his name? Uh, Bob. Uh, Bob Dishy. Dishy. Yeah. So he's been a few things. Um, Stay tuned was uh, in Hollywood Knockbusters. Um, so he, uh, the uh, what's his name Murray the Grave Digger tells them you can't leave. You know the grave, the, you know, the cemetery, or you're going to start to fall apart. You know, yeah, and everything you're going to deteriorate because you're not supposed to leave. Um, and so he's like, yeah, I've got a you know I've got a date, I've got to keep. You know, that'd this be, is why that'd, that'd be a cool alternate title. You're not supposed to leave. You're not supposed. Well, it wouldn't have had the comedy thing for it, you know, aspect yeah. to it. Um, it feels like a uh, it would feel more like a uh, like a 70s t- TV movie or a horror film, period. Like, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to leave. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he leaves anyway. Um, and he goes back to first thing he does is goes home. And of course, his parents at first are like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And then they're like, do you need food? Are you hungry? And we we're watching it going, what? Like, people seem to be taking this very well, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what adds to the comedy is like, how would you react? Like, say I died and came back to life. And came up to your house and was like, hey, what's up, Vittorio? You know, honestly, shockingly enough, I think I would handle it like 
some people like I think I would handle it better than I would be surprised that I would. Like you would you would probably handle it a lot better than you think you would. Yeah. Uh because yeah, I mean at this rate I, we've I, seen enough movies to know like if that happens, you know, fuck it. You know, yeah, at this rate. I mean, honestly, a lot of people I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I don't know how I would react if that happened, but at the same time, you know, I you know, it's not like you know, it's not like, you know, I'm somebody, you know, that lives in like Kings Mill or something that's, you know, goes to like tea parties and, you know, you know, has a dog named Muffy. And yeah, you're you're not a rich Beverly Hills, you know, guy who, you know, who is very, uh, I don't know, stuck up, you know, or anything. You, you yeah. wouldn't snub a zombie. I mean, I had more money when I was a kid, but at the same time, yeah, but that's something. Well, it seems like most, okay, so it seems like there's half and half. There's the people who kind of accept him as a zombie, and they're the people who, like, feel like the zombie thing is, like, sort of like a disease, you know, and stuff. And, like, we can't get it because, like, even though it's not contagious, really, yeah, well, is it? Kind of? Maybe if he bites you? Wouldn't you sort of mean like that's the other thing? Like if he bites you, shouldn't you turn into a zombie? Um, you should. I think it'd be an interesting turn on the zombie thing if they figured something else to transmit the virus, transmit the zombie virus in, in another way besides biting somebody. Well, you know, they, if there's, did they know, do like, one like with uh, STDs or anything? You know, there, there was there was one actually. It's funny. There's one. Um, there was a movie uh, back when I was watching my Asian back in my Asian horror days. There was like, remember when SARS was around? Yeah. Um, I think there was a movie called Bio. It was a, I think it was a, it was a Japanese movie called Bio Zombie. I think or Korean, and nice. it basically had uh, this guy. This guy was like uh, back in back in Asia. He had killed somebody, so he goes on the lamb, but it's like he contracts some kind of disease and so he's working at like a restaurant in south africa and he gets into a something happens out he gets into an argument with his boss and he kill and he kills him and he like chops him up and puts him in into like the the you know the daily like hibachi thing <laughs> and so he feeds it to the people well of course that's eating too but uh, he winds up basically. He starts spreading this SARS-like virus, which turns people into zombies. Wow, interesting. Um, but, but I think it'd be interesting if they, if maybe if they're like, if the zombies started having like pustules like on their skin that when they explode, the, um, you know, if 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 like their juices get on you, you know, you start turning into a zombie. That could be an interesting idea. Um... All right, so to, to get back to this movie, um, the uh, the mother and father take it very well. The next day, they're uh, trying to feed him, you know, food or whatever, but he's not hungry because um, the only thing he's really hungry for is human flesh, you know, um, which is the typical zombie thing, right? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, uh, he wants to go to school. Like he wants to skip lunch, go to, or breakfast, go to school. Uh, he doesn't want to be late. He's already running late, and uh, he—they're like uh, the parents are telling him, 
you know, you can't, you shouldn't go to school. You should go see our, you know, the doctor. And uh, he's like, yeah, screw the doctor. I'm going to go to school anyway. Shows up at the school. And uh, I, I love that scene. I love one of my favorite scenes is the scene where the, guy, uh, where the teacher is calling the roll call, you know, and yeah. they get to his name and they're like, Johnny. And they're like, oh, and as she says that, Johnny walks is like, sorry, I'm late. And she's like, you know, tardiness will not be accepted, even if you're dead. You know, kind of thing. I, I forgot the exact quote, but it was, you know, just saying like, even if he was dead, he can't be tardy, which I think is hilarious. You know, um, which it just makes me wonder. Like, has this happened? They said I think they said this has happened before. You know, that's why we get uh, what's her name? Um, we get uh, uh, Cloris Leachman later. Yeah, so this is. Right this has happened before but like it's weird right like it doesn't happen all the time it's and we find we'll find we'll tell we'll say why later after you know toward the end but um so his best friend sees him the girl sees him he tell reminds the girl about their prom you know date and everything and or that you know at least go on a date with me kind of thing yeah um and uh the the friend was the one who like i don't know he kept feeling weird about everything like he didn't like that the friend was back he i mean i a i guess he saw his friend die you know like that's got to be hard for anybody to actually witness somebody kill your friend in front of you but then your friend comes back from the dead that's got to be even weirder for you, you know, like, I don't know. Um, so at first he's sort of on the fence of whether or not this is actually like a good thing or, you know, like, um, would you want to come back from the dead? You know, that's the question as a zombie or as a vampire. Hmm. I would say zombie because we're talking zombies on this one. So let's go with that one. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, you really don't. The problem is, is you're not. Re- the, the, the thing is, you're you're not really. Most of the zombies are 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 not really conscious. They're mm-hmm. just they're just unless it's like some of the rare ones, but most of them are just like, you know, it, it's like vampires do other things. You know, vampires can, you know, they can fly, they can hang out, they can travel the world. You know, they can do a lot of stuff. It's just like um, zombies are just kind of forced to be like this animal. That's literally that's all they do. It's like they it's like they they're, they're like, you know they're like rabbits. You know they just eat they eat and they shit. Well they eat they just eat. They eat. They don't even shit. I don't think. I don't think I've ever seen it. That would be an interesting idea for a movie showing a, a zombie take a shit. But that I don't think that's ever happened um in a movie uh i don't know i like you're right i think i think you're absolutely right that it's just a weird kind of situation you know um i think i think it probably you know the weird thing is is i think with because there's no actual digestive system working it would just like run through unless the um you know i was thinking too is maybe they would uh their system would just 
clog up clog up and literally they you'd start seeing like fat zombies and like eventually like they just eat so much and if they were around and they ate so much they that's would a just, great like, title they, right there fat zombies their stomach would burst fat zombies i'd watch that movie just a bunch of you know like maybe people get eat, uh turn into zombies during a uh, fat camp and everything and they want to eat more and more and get fatter <laughs> i can see that hey don't nobody ever nobody make that that's mine you have to you have to i'm gonna copyright that don't worry hurry up and trademark that <laughs> oh, trademark fat uh fat camp uh what is it fat uh camp zombies fat, fat camp zombies perfect i like it and so moving on uh so that yeah so basically uh johnny and uh uh what's uh missy go on her date and she starts to sort of like him you know um i guess she starts seeing something in him with him being dead you know and whatnot and uh so after the movie which i think they went to see a zombie movie which i'm like that's a little weird you know yeah they, they were they were at the zombie movie and then it was kind of meta and you know it's kind of like the and later on you know the one character points out it's him he's a zombie and points right where he's he's sitting yeah wasn't that like matthew mcconaughey in the audience there yep uh, you're the yeah, one who pointed that out. You're like, it's not Matthew McConaughey. I was like, oh shit, because this was right before uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, and this was right during Dazed and Confused, right? So, like Matthew McConaughey at that time was sort of like a, I guess a, a nobody yet, you know. Um, he was becoming a somebody. And now somebody. he doesn't do anything like, like this. <laughs> every every everybody is somebody. It's yeah, just, that's true. I'm sorry. Like that sounds it sounds terrible to say like he's a some, you know, but he's somebody you know more than like uh I didn't know who Megan the Stallion was and that's a rapper. Mm-hmm. And I thought because she was in the She-Hulk show that she was a uh character, you know? Um, in the She-Hulk show, I thought she was just some, you know, and apparently she's a she's a real rapper. And somebody thought I was racist for saying that I didn't like uh, that that I, I I was sad that she was a real person. <laughs> what I meant was that I meant that she was that I rather her be a character in the you know, like I I would rather MCU actually keep with characters like if it's a big rapper make your own wrapper up you know because now it's going to be very confusing if it's supposed to be a different universe you know and they have real people in that universe you know what i mean yeah like it's very confusing but anyway just thought it was uh it was funny but um no i uh matthew mcconaughey uh was awesome in that like teeny teeny tiny role like one line role um but it was just still cool to see him and then they end up uh, leaving and she ends up trying to make out with him. And I believe she but took his ear off. Was that it? Yeah, she took his ear off and uh, yep. she tried 
He's try. He didn't try to staple it or sew it back on or something like that. Yeah, sounds like Peter Pan with like putting the shadow back on. You got to staple the shadow, you know, whatever, or sew the shadow back on. Um, and so she, uh, she basically does that. So he starts realizing he's falling apart. He's deteriorating, just as the grave digger said he basically would. You know, this is why you should always listen when somebody tells you something that you you don't understand. You know, um, always always heed advice. Yeah, exactly. How how many movies would just not be existing if they listened to the people like uh, the old man from uh, from Friday the Thirteenth? You know, it's got a death curse. Don't go there. Oh, okay. I won't go. Right. Yep. Into movie movies done. You know, uh, Mrs. Voorhees is sitting at that camp, going, "Where are all the people?" <laughs> you know. Yep. Speaking of which, this was produced by Sean S. Cunningham, the director of Friday Thirteenth. Yep. So that was sort of a uh, really nice thing to see because he hasn't really directed many comedies. You know. Um, he's directed yep. a lot of horror, but not a lot of comedies. So it's interesting. Uh, sadly, I, I'm, I'm sad that this failed because then um, it would have been awesome had more movies like this been made. You know, and do you think it, do you think it would have been more successful had it come out a couple of years later? I think so. I think especially now, like movies and like this would definitely hit now. I think. Um, if they like remade this movie, I think it would be, uh, you know, I, I think it would be a bigger hit um, than it was back back now because people sort of, I think people are into zombie comedies, and I think back then people really weren't that into that. You know, um, there was a zombie comedy thing called like uh, Zombie High. I think in the eighties and I think we're going to be doing that for next season of eighties horror films. Um, but you know, so this was sort of, you know, wasn't wasn't it, um, well, was class of Newcomb high zombie related. Uh, it was mutant kind of thing, right? There were all like mutants that they turned into. Yeah. It wasn't really zombies because I don't think they like, See, typically zombies try to eat, get your brains, I guess, and that became that was not from like Night of the Living Dead. That was from like Return of the Living Dead. You know, became like the you know we have to get your brains or whatever, which I always thought was weird because you never really see them eating the brains. I don't think if I'm correct. In what Return of the Living Dead? Yeah, do they? Yeah, they do. Oh, okay. it's been a while since I've seen that. I need to rewatch that. Um, that's, a, that's a good movie. Yeah, it's a damn good movie. I remember you showed me that, and I tried watching Return of the Living Dead Part 2. I could not get into it. it, um, it it's Part 2 is definitely an acquired taste. They they just, you know, it's kind of like um, they just didn't have the... Well, first of all, the director was um, Ken Wiederhorn, who, oddly enough, didn't, never, didn't like to do horror, even though... His biggest thing before that was uh, Shockwaves, which was about these Nazi underground soldiers. Nice. So 
that would you know came up from the the ground like underneath to underneath the waves to take care of people and um sounds like chud like the original chud yeah yeah but um it was you know it, it was like one of those things is like they didn't have all the um like the designs weren't ready when they shot it or something it was um i've got they actually shout factory came out with a special edition of dvd and i i like i i like it just because it was the um around the same time as uh I was around that that kid in in it was kind of sort of I was maybe like a couple of years or like older than that kid but it, he kind of reminded me uh, of me that's why I liked it. Oh nice. Yeah, I got I got to see that I got to try and watch Return of the Living Dead Part 2 again cuz I just I remember I just I was not in the mood or something like it just did not get me. And I had we had to turn it off and watch something else, I believe. Um, you know, that happens from time to time, you know? Like everybody has their own like little taste and everything. Um, but I really liked Return of the Living Dead because it was more comedic and, and a little silly, but not really silly, you know. Um it had, it just, the right, it had the right uh mixture of like silliness and, and horror. Exactly. Like it didn't go too over the top. And I know a couple like Return of the Living Dead people are coming to town to a couple of the horror fests and stuff. Uh, like Miguel Nunez is going to be at the uh, at the Haunted Screams Expo. So when I go there to see Deborah Foreman, I'll uh, see if, uh, uh, you know, uh, see if Miguel's walking around. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to go to that one, too. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you okay. So you definitely got off work. Well, well, I, I got off this this Saturday for the one in Norfolk, but I switched with somebody who works, so I'm gonna go next week. Okay, cool. Especially, uh, especially, uh, it, it seems like more of a fun thing, and they're gonna have it at the Tidewater Convention at the Hampton Convention Center, which is, yeah. you know, it sounds like it's gonna have more things and. All that stuff. Yeah, I just want to see Deborah Foreman and get a picture with her and then leave. <laughs> like literally my only thing right now is just uh you know that, but you know, whatever. We were we were talking about her on the 80s horror films, you know. It wasn't a movie that she was in that we were talking about. She just her name popped up, you know. She's one of those actresses from the 80s who we wish that had gotten bigger, you know, and just like this actress Tracy Lind, I wish she had been bigger too. She was she was beautiful and her character was very sweet, you know. Um, so uh, and so to go back to this, so his ears fall off. So he goes to see the doctor, and the doctor is played by Austin Pendleton, and I always know him as the stuttering lawyer and my cousin Benny, who just you know he was the uh, the the lawyer you get you know you you uh the court assigns you to a corner quarter appointed lawyer and yeah. he you know stuttered and he didn't like he was okay you know he's a, a decent lawyer but he wasn't you know he he was no Vinny you know he's no Joe Pesci he was so, no like he was no hundred dollar an hour lawyer right yeah exactly and then neither was you know Vinny but Vinny Vinny was better you know 
And so anyway, but I, I absolutely loved him. And every time I see him in something, I mean, I just, he's such a great actor because he plays so many different roles, you know, and he does it all well. So uh, he was great in this, um, played the doctor who had uh, plans of his own. He wanted to kidnap Johnny and have Johnny be, uh, I guess, studied and, and, and or uh, like his DNA or whatever is a zombie zombiness used to cure people, you know, other people or uh, no, it was make people age down or something. Right. Yeah. So you basically wanted to use him as a fountain of youth and uh, he, you know, but he never told them that. And the audience didn't know that up until the end of the movie. Um, when he sees him again and he just basically kidnaps him, you know, um, a zombie kidnap, also a great title for a movie. <laughs> um, so, uh, Johnny, uh, ends up like, I guess we're gonna have to cut through some stuff because we're, we're, uh, this is taking a little longer. So Johnny ends up eating, um, what, what's his name? What's, uh, the boy's name? Um. So Buck is Chuck. Oh my God, that is so funny. Chuck and Buck. <laughs> so there's Chuck, who's Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. There's Buck, who's Matthew Fox's character. Um, Take off on that Chuck and Buck movie that Mike White did. Yeah. Have you seen that? That's the movie yeah, is very that. disturbing. I, I own it, and it's very disturbing. You've never seen it? A long time ago. Yeah, that movie. Uh, that movie is going to be a what the fuck Friday, because it was what the fucky, um, for sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, but uh, Chuck gets uh, Chuck gets eaten. Um, and I guess that he was like Chuck Junior, or something, because there was Big Chuck, who was his father, and after Johnny eats Chuck. Uh, and everybody finds that out and the word gets out that, oh my God, the zombies eating people now. Um, the, basically the pitchforks start coming out and they, and shotguns and they want, they want to kill the, kill the monster. And it becomes like Frankenstein's story, you know, the Frankenstein monster, uh, kind of thing. And the mom and dad are doing everything they can to stop stop this squash this uh johnny's parents uh including talking to the sheriff right like uh who is the uh father to uh missy so they realize that the only way for him not to deteriorate is if he eats human flesh you know mm-hmm. um now this is where things get a little sketchy because there are times where they talk about eating, I guess, a live human flesh, you know? And then there's times where people are already dead and she's putting it in the refrigerator for him, you know? So I'm, I'm yeah. wondering, I guess it doesn't matter. It just has to be human flesh. Do you remember that? Like, do you remember uh, which, which one it has to be? Like live or dead or both? I think it's got to be alive. 
Well, you and, say that, but remember, like she she had food in the refrigerator for him. She had. That's right. That's right. So I'm thinking it didn't have to be alive. It could be both. It just had to be human flesh. Um, or at least that's what they thought, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So he, so they they like kidnap a kid, and it turns out to be Chuck, Chuck the Third or whatever, like Little Chuck. <laughs> so poor the Chuck family or whatever they, um, yeah. I guess his name was uh Bronsky, the Bronsky family. Damn, you know, but that was so funny. They're like, you kidnapped a kid. Then later on, the kid comes out and says, "This man tried to eat me." And the father's just like, what are you doing here, little Chuck? <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, so, yeah, so Big Chuck and a lot of the uh, and, and you know what I would compare this movie to, honestly, and I think I told you this the day we were watching it is uh, I, I definitely compare this to Chud to Bud the Chud, which yeah. I don't know. Have you seen that? Yes. Did you like it? Um, Bless you. Um, I, I, I did like it from what I remember. You did like it? Yeah. And I loved it. Uh, Paul hated it. Um, and uh, we, did a, we did a review of it and everything. And Paul had a feeling I would like it. Uh, and I did. And uh, it's because I'm not attached to the original Chud as much as he yeah. is, right? Because I didn't see Chud one till like years later in my life. And then watching Chud two, you know, but he grew up where you watch it in the theater. So you watch Chud one, and you love Chud one. And then he watched part two, excited to see basically, you know, another Chud story. And it's, it's nothing like Chud, it's zombies. And I was like, this is a great movie for me. I like zombie comedies, you know? So this yeah. is sort of the same thing where I love this movie because it's a zombie comedy and it's very sort of silly and goofy and fun. Um, uh, but it's, it's very similar. You know, this could be Chud 3, basically. That's you know, a, That's a movie that they could reboot as Chud. Well, if they did, they would have to do like the original chuds, you know, and and get away from the zombie angle or whatever, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, so I I really would love to see, uh, chud, um, yeah, a chud remake or even a my, even if they call it something different than my boyfriend's back, which, unfortunately, yeah, I kind of don't like that title just because it sounds too much like a romantic comedy, you know, and not like a horror comedy, you know? It, it, is, it kind of is a romantic comedy. I mean, it's... That's a question. How would you market this movie, though? You know, because that's I think that's, a, that's another thing, is, like, I don't know if they really had a plan for, like, what they wanted the movie to be. Right. Because it's like, because it's like on one hand, you kind of, like, Obviously, you kind of want it to, to cater to like the kids, and that's who you're trying to sell it to. But is it, are you trying to be like comedy, or are you trying to like horror, or like 
you're trying to play up the romantic angle or it's like I feel like they, they really couldn't figure out how to market this thing. Um, this one woman said the same thing to Steve Lemmy about his movie Club Dread, you know, um, how basically like, you know, when you look at that movie, she can tell whether it was a comedy or a horror film, you know, yeah. like which one is it, you know, and um, and, you know, nowadays comedy horror films are all over the place, you know, Um my co-host Sarah Atkins for um, horror film lovers. That's her favorite subgenre. You know, uh, yeah. she absolutely loves, um, you know, uh, horror. You know, horror, uh, uh, horror comedies. Now we forgot to mention uh, Mary Beth Hurt and Edward Herman played Mr. and Mrs. Dingle, so they played Johnny's parents. Um, by the way that dingle oh man i guarantee that kid like period grew up with uh terrible like jokes on his name you know yeah uh and we never really see much of that um but uh was it uh mary beth hurt was pretty famous she's been in a lot of stuff uh world according according to garp the exorcism of emily rose uh woody allen's interiors you know She's been in tons of stuff. Um, and the uh, father, Edward Herman, uh, God rest and God rest his soul. Um, he was uh, in the Lost Boys. He was in the, the grandfather and Gilmore Girls. Um, thankfully, I got to meet him before he passed. Um, I didn't get a freaking picture with him. I don't know why I got his autograph, but didn't get his picture. Like I should have got his a picture's better than an autograph in my opinion um but you know I, i've learned from that from now like I, if i have to do a selfie or a autograph i'd rather do a selfie you know um but anyway you, know, you didn't get to meet him did you you didn't no. know who he was <laughs> um i think that was the same year as joey lauren adams if i'm correct it could be the year before at blood of the beach um but uh anywho so i mean there was some great cast we we mentioned earlier uh cloris leachman uh playing maggie the zombie expert who basically told him he had to eat, he had to eat meat in order to keep going yeah um there was i mean this this just was an amazing cast um and we forgot to mention also the director was um Bob Balaban, who uh, who was uh, I guess he was an actor a lot more than he was a uh, director. Um, he's acted in tons of stuff like um, uh, I was like looking at the as the stuff he was in Gosford Park, A Mighty Wind, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, Capote. You know, like. He's acted in a lot of stuff, um, but I don't think he's directed nearly as much as he's acted. Um, I'm trying to, like, uh, I'm telling you, he's he's acted a lot. Right now I'm scrolling down and uh, yeah, he's directed 29 credits though. A lot of TV um, and a lot of TV movies. So this sort of fits, I guess. He directed Parents. Okay. Is okay. that 
What? The one at Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. So sort of, I, I get, you know, and I can sort of see that then. It's, but they're both, and both star Mary Beth Hurt. She was in that too. Brandy Quaid. Was Ed Begley Jr. in it? Oh, was he? Nice. I think so. Uh, I don't, it just says Randy Quaid and uh, uh, Mary Beth Hurt. Huh. You know, I wouldn't be surprised though because Ed Begley Jr. is in a lot of stuff back then. So he, he was. Uh, he was he was very very prolific. So if he wasn't in this, I'm surprised. But um, I don't see him uh, in the. Uh, no, he's not in the credits here. Uh, there must have been another one that he was in that sounds similar. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, he. Did parents? He did. Um, uh, you know, he did a couple other movies, um, but this was the. What the heck? Why doesn't it let me go back? Um, so, uh, so Bob Balaban directed this, and Dean Laurie wrote it. And uh, Dean Laurie is somebody who's been in a lot of, um, or has done a few things. Uh, <laughs> a few credits to his, uh, to him. Um, and, uh, uh, I've seen, I've seen that name. Uh, he was, oh yeah. He was a writer of major pain and arrested oh. development. I believe he produced I zombie. That's funny. Cause that, okay. that's sort of what this feels like, you know, I never saw, I never saw I zombie. Well, he's written a couple episodes of it, so he didn't create it, but he's produced it. He uh, wrote a few episodes of uh, Arrested Development. Um, he wrote uh, Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. Um, and I believe Adam Marcus may have had a... who directed uh, and wrote, or co-wrote um, Jason Goes to Hell. I think he had a uh, uh, a big uh, big thing to do with this movie. Um my boyfriend's back. Uh, he had a, uh, but yeah, that, that's interesting. He's done a lot of, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, he, and now I'm, I'm looking at it. So he did major pain. And then later on he did, uh, he, co- he wrote episodes of my wife and the and kids, which is also Damon Wayans. So I guess they got along really well. Um, but yeah, uh, so I mean, what a what a cast, what a crew, you know. This all in all, I mean, did you really enjoy it, or did you just kind of like think it was eh, okay? Um, it wasn't bad. I just kind of like, like I said, I'm not really that. You know, it wasn't bad, but like I said, I wasn't really the uh, the target, target audience. audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, Paxton Whitehead was the judge in heaven. And I just, I love that scene, by the way. So we will, we'll mention that, that ending where he um, basically starts to deteriorate again or whatever. And he, he dies, he finally dies. And uh, he comes, or he comes back to uh, basically where, I guess, judgment, where he's going to be where, you know, basically right before you get placed in either heaven or hell, you know, there's always that idea of like, 
you know, uh, a, a place be- in between where they'll like uh, the movie Defending Your Life, I guess, kind of like that yeah. with Albert Brooks. But the judge basically says, you know, you're, uh, you're you weren't supposed to die. You know, you were supposed to survive, you know, that that shooting and somehow or another there was an accident and you died. And uh, so we that's what happens when you when you when we make an accident happen, you end up coming back to Earth and you have to, you know, whatever you do between that time kind of helps decide where we're going to put you. And somehow or another, he convinces him to, to let him have one more you know, time or whatever to survive. And he does, he comes back and he survives and he uh, gets the girl at the end. Cause she didn't really like the guy. She didn't like Buck. And I, I think one of my favorite lines in the movie is at the end, he says, you know, um, I, if I, uh, if I had to do it all over again, you know, um, I would do it exactly the same, except I would eat Buck. You know, right? Like, yeah. you know, because they they he was they're nice on Buck. Buck was a Buck was a complete jerk. You know, yeah. um, kind of. I mean, in a way, this dude's stealing his girlfriend. You know, or away from him. You know, like he's got every right in the world to be defensive of a zombie who's stealing his girlfriend. <laughs> you know, but yeah, he's still he's still one of those. You know jerks or whatever and his friend we forgot to mention earlier that his friend he tried to eat his friend at one point and his friend was a little terrified of him you know after that for a little bit and then I guess he got on his side and and everything so all in all I think this movie was was pretty fun and enjoyable um I uh I was surprised because I remember it at the um, I remember seeing it at the um, what is it? What you might call it? Um, at the video store, you know. Yeah. And I think I might have rented it, but I don't remember. I didn't remember it, you know, when we watched it. Like yeah. nothing was coming back. Like I've seen Buffy a million more times, um, so I can always remember that. I can almost I can quote that movie, um, but. This movie just, I guess, you know, honestly, it didn't have the appeal that a lot of those other ones did, you know, and it, it it's a, in my opinion, it's a Hollywood knockbuster, you know, too. So it could have fit for either show, you know, but I figured it's a 90s horror film. There's not that many as much as 80s. So I'll take what I can get when I can get it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Victoria, what have you been up to? Um, just um, today, I was had my day off. I was take took my dad to his uh, dialysis treatment, and um, I was just cleaning some stuff. I had my uh, book group tonight. Oh, you had a book group tonight? Yep, it's my cool. book group meets on the first Wednesday of every month. What I'm always wondering, like what books do you guys pick do you is it like a specific genre or um one of the things uh we've actually been going believe it or not we have been doing this book group pretty much constantly since 19 since 2004 oh wow 
Um, and part of the part of the thing is like the, the guy who runs it is the people that run it are librarians at the library. And um, so, you know, if A, they know what's what's there. Um, one of the things that they, they uh, Neil's even actually, actually, if you want to hold on a minute, I got a, I got a, can you hold on a second? Sure. Okay, I'm back. All right. Awesome. Okay. Um, what, uh, one of the guys who um, is the, one of the guys moderating it is this guy named Neil Hollins. And years ago, he wrote a book called Fellowship in a Ring, which was basically about um, about how to a guide for basically science fiction fantasy book groups, which is kind of a, um, uh, he printed, he, this was back in 2010. And it was kind of like a whole a general, like how to do, how to set up a book group and how to do it successfully. Like a how-to uh, manual? Yeah, yeah. You, and, you didn't uh, call it book groups for dummies? No, that would have been, I don't know. I, I don't know if he could have gotten out, gotten, uh, gotten out of that. Is that, a, like, is that a patent? Like, do they have like a trademark you know, on that, it, I wonder? I think, it, I think it might be. Yeah. Well, there you go. But anyway, yeah, so they, he did a how-to manual. That's awesome. And um, um, so he, he did this book and they um, one of the things that he actually says is that's kind of like hurts a lot of book groups is when they discuss a certain book. That's that's kind of he says that's kind of one of the things that hurts a book group is because Wait, you just what what book though? What was that? You said a certain book. Like you know when you like say you plan say like if you have a book group and you say like okay. Like, we we got our say we got a book group on Stephen King, or like say we're say there's a horror book group, and it's like everyone says, okay, we're going to be discussing Salem's Lot, uh, this you know this month. That kind of for some reason that kind of setup usually doesn't last long. So it's got to be everybody reads their own book. Everyone, it's kind of just a. It's basically he kind of has a list of, you know, he kind of has a list of things that are that are kind of quote suggested, but you don't mm -hmm. have to read them. You know, he'll he'll come up with a list of usually like like nine or ten various books, and mm -hmm. then but you can read. You, I mean, we we go off on like he'll say we'll go off on tangents. But people will, you know, people stick with, you know, there's, there's people in the group that love their, like years ago before, you know, we, it used to skew really older, uh, the book group, but a lot of those people have, have died. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we used to get a lot of like your hardcore old SF guys, like uh, they used to, you know, with, you know, Heinlein and Asimov and the, the ABCs, the Asimov, Bradbury, Clark. Oh, okay. And um, but now uh, it, we have a lot more, a lot more. Um, it's interesting too because it's like used to be like pretty much only guys. It used to be a very like a guys club, and now it's actually more women and oh, more women tell, than guys. Yeah, and you can tell that it's a lot more. The women are much more into like the fantasy stuff. Um, Game of Thrones. Um. 
Is that too big? Is that too long of a book? Uh, I don't even think Game of Thrones because they're not like they'll discuss the TV series, but they're not George R. You know, back in the day, you would have it people discussing it, but they're not nowadays. George R. R. Martin isn't isn't he's not cool anymore. Um, people, the people in the group really are. He's not into. Like, especially since he hasn't written anything in a while. And that's, well, you know, and people are, you know, <laughs> like, keep getting mad. Like, you know, he would get, like, tweets at people, you know, all the, or people would tweet at him all the time and, and say, hey, um, you know, finish your freaking book. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I don't think, people don't think he's ever going to, like, he's never going to, you know, finish it, which... If he does, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't, I guess. You should just come out and, you know, and say it. You know, it's like, it's kind of funny because there's like polar opposites. There's like him who just takes forever to do a book. And then there's Stephen King who just like. You know, that, he, shits out another book every two, you know, two months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's probably, he's probably got like five books in the can ready to go. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know how people do it too. Cause like. It is very time consuming to write like a novel uh, and somebody who can just sit in their house and just write all day like Stephen King. And then he writes on Twitter, his political opinions and shit. I, you know, I've, which, I've seen his um, I've like I've seen their early reviews for that new book of his coming out and they're they're really good. Like the fire dragon or something like that. It's, it's very nice. Good. So he's, he's taken over for George R. R. Martin. He's like, you know, you won't do it, so I'll, I'll be the fantasy uh, guy. You well, know, years ago, like apparently, um, um, I, I, you know, one of the things I used, uh, I love, is a Grady Hendrix book and his book Paperbacks from Hell, where he talks about like seventies and eighties paperback horror, and like George Martin uh, wrote a vampire novel back in the day. Oh, so they're just switching. Yeah, and, <laughs> um, so he did that, and then. Um, he also did like year, years ago. He uh, Mark. He did. He got together with um, Harry Turtledove, I believe, and they did a series of things called the Wild Card Novels, which were um, a bunch of novels, basically alternate history, uh, alternate history uh, titles, which mm-hmm. basically like you know, like what if you know, Germany had won World War II or like what if, uh, you know, Germans had used like Zeppelin technology or, or something, you know, stuff that, you know, you know, basically like what the, what ifs, you know, same thing as like Marvel does. Yeah, the Marvel, Marvel does the what if uh, series yeah. of comics and yep. now series of uh, cartoons. Yep. Awesome. Well, uh great i i love that you're doing the the book stuff um you know i'm I'm not a huge reader um i like to watch things i uh you know i i do read from time to time but really only if i'm like really interested in something um i'll read it um but uh so thank you so much for coming on this show uh this first episode back for the second season um i'm hoping i've got I've got a list, man. I'll tell you some of the stuff I've got uh, after the show because I don't want to 
spoil anything yet, especially since my stuff changes from time to time. So I don't like to let people know, you know, <laughs> ahead of time. So it might not happen when I say it will. Um, but I've got some awesome, awesome ones planned. Uh, and everybody check uh, next month, uh, October, we'll have a whole, we'll have another episode. Um, and I'm excited. This is going to be a fun year or a fun season, I guess, because it'll be two years, <laughs> you know, two separate years, 2022 and 2023. So, yep. uh, well, once again, Vittorio, thank you so much. Thank you very much. All right. And everybody have a good one. Bye. Stay safe, Canada.